the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. Tuesday, July 11th, 2023. I am Seth Liebson. We've got uh, Bill over to my right, Managing Operations, and David Dahl, Producer, right in my front. And the phone number for you is 602-508-0960, I've been reading a lot of post-July 4th columns whose tone and timber of which is what a great testament and what a true testament it was for celebrating our nation's birthday, that there were so many columns and tweets and other social media posts and commentaries speaking to and about what a lousy country this is and has been. Posting and speechifying about whether our country is racist or misogynistic or otherwise not great is or was a sign and symbol of our civic health and freedom. If only the folks at YouTube or the Democratic Party had the same view of dissent. They, they libel dissent as misinformation or existentialist threats, and then they use those libels to justify their censorship of them. And Democrats didn't used to do this, and they didn't used to sidle up to running America down. Even in his famous, quote-unquote, malaise speech in 1979, Jimmy Carter closed that speech this way, quote, whenever you have a chance... Say something good about our country. With God's help and for the sake of our nation, it is time for us to join hands in America, close quote. When was the last time a Democrat said, say something good about this country? The truth is the view that the call to American greatness or exceptionalism or putting America first became a clang or a shibboleth for the Democrats to run against. That's the real shame. It's an additional shame in political projection that the Democratic Party has snatched the mantle of the word moderacy to allege their opponents are extremists. Maybe we let them do that. But after all, what party fomented two national anthems? Is that not extreme or going to existential existence? What party fomented taking a knee for the star-spangled banner in verse as much as in imagery? Was that not extreme? What party has practiced or practically turned the notion of proud to be an American into America is systemically racist? Is that not extreme? What party and what movement encouraged people to take their American flags down? You know that one, right? The creator of the 1619 curriculum, Nicole Hannah-Jones, she told her dad, a Vietnam veteran, as a schoolgirl, to take the American flag down from the front of their house. As she told her dad, she learned in school it doesn't represent them. Key words, those, learned in school, that the flag didn't represent them. The Vietnam vet didn't know it until his daughter told him that from what she learned in school. Sadly and soon, there will be tributes to the aforementioned Jimmy Carter. It'll be interesting to see if any from the left remind us or are reminded by the fact and history that he wanted people to say something good about America and that he bewailed that too many here had a down market view of the country. This was never, by the way, a problem in the Republican Party, which may 
be why, in part, Ted Kennedy challenged Jimmy Carter and created the epithet of malaise for that famous speech of his. This was always a an internecine and an intramural Democratic Party fight. Jimmy Carter never used the word malaise. Ted Kennedy promoted it, however, as the malaise speech. You will recall this is precisely what both Richard Nixon in 1968 and Ronald Reagan in 1980 ran against the liberal left investment in declaiming about America. Nixon, looking at the crime and riots in 1968, put it this way in his convention speech that year, quote, as we look at America, we see cities enveloped in smoke and flame. We hear sirens in the night. We see Americans hating each other, fighting each other, killing each other at home. And we see and hear these things, as we see and hear these things, millions of Americans cry out in anguish. Did we come all this way? this. Did Americans boys die in Normandy and Korea and then Valley Forge for this? He said, listen to the answer to those questions. It's another voice. It is the quiet voice in the tumult and the shouting. It is the voice of the great majority of Americans, the forgotten Americans, the non-shouters, the non-demonstrators. They are not racists or sick. They are not guilty of the crime that plagues the land, close quote. As many of you know, I've always landed on that line that Americans are not sick. That was the line of the left in the late 1960s, that we were a sick country. That is in part why I hated what we did to ourselves during COVID, particularly with, with the masks, which were basically walking billboards of illness and broadcasts to one another that we were infirm and sick when we were not. There was an investment in the 1960s as much as in the 2020s from the left to instantiate and insist, oh, yes, we're all sick because we are all sick. Earth in the balance because our behavior, the left tells us. Entire ecosystems eliminated before our very eyes because of us, the left tells us. We are systemically racist and black Americans will no longer be able to go to college, the left tells us. President Obama, in his European apology tour in his first year of office, told the Europeans that America, his country, was, in his words, arrogant, dismissive, and derisive. Nothing bothers the the left so much as the idea we might just be okay if we were allowed to live with a level of normalcy or calm rather than the frenetic state of frenzy they want us in. And being okay, or better, is what bothers them about our love of country, our patriotism, our national anthem, our notion that we cannot just be good but great. And lyrical salutes to all that, like think about Green Lee Greenwood's song, Proud to be an American, for example. That song became Ronald Reagan's theme song. Nothing bothered and bothers the left so much as things like that, which is why Barack Obama choked on saying he believed in America and exceptionalism. To him, when asked about it in 2009, he said, quote, I believe in American exceptionalism, just as I suspect that the Brits believe in British exceptionalism and the Greeks believe in Greek exceptionalism, close quote. That's what you might call a swing and a miss. You can't have one great thing if all other things are equally great, after all. Great or exceptional is a superlative. That means to be measured against something. Lake Wobegone. Lake Wobegon, where all the women are strong, all the men are good-looking, and all the children are above average, is fictional. 
What Obama was representing was relativism, that such notions of good and bad are not dependent on some identifiable authority or representation or fact, but on where you are and, I suppose, who you are. Neither Thomas Jefferson nor Abraham Lincoln said, we think we are the world's last best hope, or that we, like the French, are the last best hope of Earth, or we believe we are the last best hope of Earth, just as the French think they are. No, we were something and supposed to be something special here. The kind of thing Jimmy Carter got at in 1979. His defeat, in part, 1980, by weakening him from the leftist run from Ted Kennedy, forever since froze the Democratic Party in that mode and mood. And if Aristotle is right that the character of a people is shaped by the character of its leadership, beware. For we have a leadership and a leader that is, in fact, feeble. And my worry is that it is enfeebling the rest of us, leading us to a spreading and exacerbating new crisis in confidence. Alexander Hamilton in the 70th Federalist wrote, quote, Energy in the executive is a leading character in the definition of good government. He went on to write, a feeble executive implies a feeble execution of the government. A feeble execution is but another phrase for a bad execution, and a government ill-executed, whatever it may be in theory, must be in practice a bad government, close quote. In 1980, Ronald Reagan, in his acceptance speech, put it that, quote, my view of government places trust not in one person or one party, but in those values that transcend persons and parties. The trust is where it belongs in the people. The responsibility to live up to that trust is where it belongs in their elected leaders. That kind of relationship between the people and their elected leaders is a special kind of compact, he said. So what have you when a leader is weak, enfeebled, and perhaps even infirm in all contexts of those words? Fairly easy to see the rest of us that way, especially if he, in the full meaning of the word, represents us. Let it not affect the people or the country, please. The failure right now is in our elected leaders who are infecting us, Aristotle-like, and the party that wanted to turn away from American greatness to the malaise they always sought for us, the nostalgia de la buis or thirst savoring longing for the mud. You can have that. We have some of that now. Let's hope the illness is treatable, reversible. I still would like to think we are not a sick country, but sometimes these things can become self-fulfilling. It's long past time to reverse it. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Is the audio level okay from your end? Yeah? It's okay? Sound a little low? Did sound low. Yeah. Um, by the way, what you got on your uh, – what, you, what do you got for your political pin today? I've got a McGovern Eagleton pin on. Yeah. You know what happened to Eagleton? Uh, well, do he, you – He did not make it to the general. No, he did not. Yeah. yeah he, he went back to therapy. Yeah. He was – that's right. And who replaced him? Sergeant Shriver. And he is related to Robert Kennedy Jr. How? Uh, 
He's an in-law, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I guess he's not really related, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, not by blood. Right, yeah. right, yeah. right, 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 right. Uh, what, you were going to say something? No, I was going to, well. Are yes. you awake? You had nothing but carbs for lunch. I had nothing but carbs, which is like it Smelled so good. You something? had a baked potato, yeah. loaded baked potato, nachos. Loaded God, it looked good. baked potato and nachos, yeah. so good. How do you stay awake after that? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll just drop dead in the middle of the show. Oh, please, yeah, yeah. please. What were you going to say? You were going to say something. I, ironically enough, it came out many years later, and you probably know this, that Eagleton was the guy that coined the phrase acid, amnesty, and abortion. for the Yeah, that's right. And it wasn't really quite true about McGovern, as it turned out. No, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. He was pro-life, and um, it could be true of the Democratic Party today, though. So yeah, 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 I'm just yeah. thinking, you know, <laughs> yeah. drugs, uh, abortion, and amnesty. That That is the modern-day Democratic Party, isn't it? We'll come up with something like that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I want to say something. Oh, I got it. I yeah? got it. What? Illegals, infanticide, yeah? and it, fentanyl. And fentanyl illegals. There you go. There you go. Yeah, that's that's right. Okay. Yes, he did come up with that. That's right. Thomas Eagleton. Um, well, speaking about health, this is a hell of a thing. Um, MSNBC put out a tweet yesterday linking back to an article they had published a little bit earlier that fitness is an obsession of the far right. Did you pick up on that? Did you? Yeah, that got Bill's attention. He never considered himself far right, <laughs> moderately right, center right. I don't know what you consider. Maybe you do. Yeah. Um, extremism expert Cynthia Miller Idris claimed that the far right is taking advantage of at-home fitness trends and being healthy is a far right um, is a far right ethos. The intersection of extremists. Excuse me. The intersection of extremism and fitness leans into a shared obsession with the male body, training masculinity, testosterone, strength, and composition redolent of white supremacy and far-right extremists, this author writes. Is there is there um, <clears throat> nothing people won't say? I mean, can you just say anything now and it can get published or taken somewhat seriously? I was, what was I, far right, fitness is far right, I don't know what the politics are, half our athletes, is Megan Rap- Rapino far right, is Martina, Ner- I mean, Rocky Four. Oh, good, we got Bill in the house, was Dolph Lundgren's character, what was his name, uh, was he far right? Well, Ivan Drago Ivan in Rocky Drago. Four. there's Bill, was he far right? Would this be fair, Seth, that fitness is far right like uh, traits like promptness yeah. are white, white values. Yes, yes, it's like that Smithsonian. Yes, the whiteness, exactly. uh, the whiteness wheel. You and just might be white if you show up on time or believe in working before being rewarded. Yeah, those sorts of white or things. married or going to school. Yeah, those traits of white. I think it is. Don't leave me. Don't. Leave I would me. never leave you. This is this is um, David. You'll get a kick out of this. Don't leave me. Is the Soviet was the Soviet Union far right? Do do people do these do these idiots know that fitness was actually a part of the issue in the Cold War? Mm-hmm. Hubert Humphrey was he far right? Served as LBJ's vice president. 
ran against Nixon. In 1962, he warned of the dangers of not taking the fitness of Americans seriously. He said in his speech, quote, one thing is certain. Each day, each week, each year, the Soviet Union and its captive nations are increasing their efforts for the physical fitness of their populations. John Kennedy, is he a far-right extremist? Quote, we face in the Soviet Union a powerful and implacable adversary determined to show the world that only the communist system possesses the vigor and determination necessary to satisfy awakening aspirations for progressives, for progress and the elimination of of poverty. If our bodies grow soft and inactive... If we fail to encourage physical development and prowess, we will undermine our capacity for thought, for work, and for the use of those skills vital to an expanding and complex nation. Or is this – that was John Kennedy, far-right extremist. Or is this part of, Bill, is this part of the whole normalization of the sedentary, obese lifestyle? Yeah, I think you might have it there. Is it the defense backfill to – fat shaming or whatever they call it now just because we think we might want to be physically healthy (laughs) there's 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 nothing intellectuals won't say and argue i have i is the head of nike what's his name um phil knight yeah phil knight is is he some kind of far-right extremist are any of the major professional athletes far-right extremists i mean Go ahead. Well, uh, you, you remarked earlier, what, you know that I consider myself, like Mitt Romney once said, severely conservative. <laughs> yes. <Are> you, <laughs> yes. Well, you're, you're probably the most fit guy I know. So that would— Thank you. I think you are. Do you know I, anyone I around here who's more fit than you in the office? I don't. Oh, David's pretty fit, too. Yeah, but— I do a lot of strength training. Yeah. You lift, bro? Yeah. I do. <laughs> the pseudo-sophisticated analysis of anything— uh, to say anything that can be that can be used about our our health, it maybe ties back a little bit to my monologue too. They, I mean, you look at is this a defense of the enfeebled president as well? That we're maybe it's a far right, it's a far right concern that we that we look at the president and say this man concentrates on his walking as much as Albert Einstein concentrated on the theory of relativity i mean this this man is as as feeble as it gets and i think probably not well on a lot of respect are we supposed to not talk about physical fitness and mental health because they want us to be a sick society lazy sedentary sick i think it is a defense of mental illness yeah it's a defense of that too isn't it and let's the normalization forget. of the abnormal is what it is. What were you going to say? The RFK workout video. There's probably pushing back against that. Oh one. yeah, absolutely. He's he's the uh, democratic face of white supremacy. There what you is go. it about the candidates and just taking their shirts off? <laughs> do they do a lot? Of, what is it about Joe Biden taking his shirt off? Things I don't want to see. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. John Dombrowski is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website, grandcanyonplanning.com, and um, host of his uh, own radio show right here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth. How are you, John? Fantastic. Seth, how's it going? Fine. You have to be careful uh, in this business. I say this to you as, a, your own radio, as, you, as a mm-hmm. radio host yourself. You never know who's listening, 
Um, <laughs> I young, David. I was just making fun of young David's <laughs> yes. lunch, mm-hmm. and his mom texted her, emailed yeah, him, that. and said, "Are you not eating appropriate? Did I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got nice. This is we're not just theoretically mass communicating here. There are real people out there listening, John. They may know someone we're talking about. Just goes to show you <laughs> that a mother never, never will, uh, you know, right. give up on their baby. No, never." Never, Even, never. How I don't know how old David is, but uh, we call him you Young know. David. Young David. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> he's old enough to vote and drive. Well, that's and imbibe good. an adult mess a beverage, but so far as his mom knows, he doesn't do that. So, right, right. Well, uh, but he is informed. He is informed, he's which very is nice. Well informed. He informs me a lot. All right, talk to me about this thing that's relatively new: Amazon Prime Day. This is getting a lot right. of stories. Yeah, and, and again, if we go back years, of course, uh, you know, we think about Amazon and when they had their first uh, Prime Day, you know, I think they they did under a billion in sales. The second year they did it, it was $1.5 billion. Yeah. Uh, they predict this year it's going to be $12 billion in revenue. Yeah. Up 12% from last year. So uh, could you imagine $12 billion in sales in one day? That's pretty good. It's pretty uh, good, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, have you used I'm sure you've used Amazon. I, you I, I use it quite routinely, yeah. Yeah, and I mean most people do. It, it's a it's a great service, and I think people are. It's an easy way for people to shop. Yeah, you know, we go back. You know, a decade ago, we think about how, and we talked. Uh, we probably talked about this a decade ago uh, about um, buying online and how each year revenue uh, was increasing. You yeah. know, uh, people were buying online, uh, e-commerce. You know, rather than the actually going to a, a store. And it's just continuing to grow, and it's it's harder and harder for many companies not to be part of this uh, e-commerce that's out there. Even stores that are box stores, they do have online uh, applications to where you could buy their products online. And some people like to go feel and touch things, but there are others out there, hey, I know what I want, or maybe it's a consumable that you buy on a regular basis. And e-commerce is a big deal. Now, one of the benefits, you know, a company like Amazon has is they have their AWS, which is their cloud storage storage piece of their business as well. And it kind of folds nicely into all of this new artificial intelligence, yeah. uh, you know, run that's happening out there in the, in the markets right now as well. So, you know, Amazon is a, a good, solid company out there. It's a profitable and company. And it's, bi- it's a big deal in the sense, if I'm not mistaken, John, that markets are watching how well they do on Prime Day, too, to kind of get Absolutely. It. Yeah, it's, it's, right. a, it's a part of their business. There's yeah. no question about yeah. it. And that's why I said the revenue of $12 billion yeah. in just, you know, one day of sales, that's amazing. And so, it indicates something about consumer spending, especially in an inflationary moment, right? Yes. Yes, it really does. And again, that's why we're seeing a lot of these major... Um, you know, tech companies out there that have been leading uh, the the Nasdaq uh, higher, uh, and Amazon has certainly been one of them. They they all took a bath last year, as many stocks did, uh, but the the stocks that really recovered, uh, Amazon happens to be in that bucket of stocks that really recovered very nicely from last year. Uh, and uh, there looks, you know, to me like that is a company that has some opportunity to continue growing. You know, and it's it's again, I talk to people, they say, well, should I buy Amazon stock? I said, well, you know, if you have a 401k and you have a growth fund within your 401k, you may own yeah. an Amazon or if you have some type of, it, of a yeah. consumer uh, you know, uh, fund in your portfolio, uh, you may already own Amazon. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I encourage people to not only, you know, look at their 401k uh, 
positions that they hold in that, the, the funds that they hold. But take a take a look at what's involved in the actual fund that you bought. You bought if a growth fund. Someone goes to you okay. on different funds. You can tell them what's in that fund. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. We can certainly do the research and dive into it and see what actually the fund owns. Right. And really, you know, do they own a lot of one stock? You right. know. You take stocks like Apple or even Amazon or Tesla or Microsoft, any of these big companies, uh, they've grown so much so quickly that if that was in a, in a fund you had, that becomes a big you know, percentage, a higher sure. percentage of that fund. And in many cases, the fund managers of these funds will eventually begin to sell some of that. Yep. You'd say, well, why? Well, because they don't want to be overweighted right. in, you know, one in, you know, stock versus right. others right. out there. They want to diversify that portfolio. Right. And you so, made your money in, in it at yeah. the time you got yeah. in. Yeah. So people should really do some research Good. on that and understand what they have and why they have it is Good. what I'm saying. They can call you with help on that. And then yeah. if they don't yeah. uh, want to deal with that or don't know, and uh, they certainly can reach out to us at GrandCanyonPlanning.com. Thanks, right. John. You bet. Securities and advisory services offered through Creative One Securities LLC, a member of Henry Tippick and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thanks, Talk guys. Talk to you soon, brother. You okay, bet. I got to get on Amazon now and go yeah, buy okay. something. <laughs> Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, 602-508-0960. I heard this on Mike Gallagher. I'm just in that kind of a mood a little bit today. I heard this on Mike Gallagher's show this morning. And um, in that, I had been talking about it for the last couple of days, this um, this exquisite – Hadley Arcus, Professor Hadley Arcus talks about the um, exquisite rituals of essential meaninglessness – that we all kind of genuflect before. You know, we all have to do these things and they don't mean anything. We say these things and they don't mean anything, but we all act as if it, or too many of us act as if it's coming from, you know, Mount Mount Olympus or, or something like that. And um, I was talking about Kamala Harris's uh, efforts to describe... Um, her definition of culture at the Essence Conference on Friday last, and what a um, what a perfect definition of gibberish it all was. And um, Mike Gallagher, he pulled this together. How many of you are familiar with the Julia Louise Dreyfus show Veep? You ever seen it? David seen it? Bill? No, I got nothing. Well, it was she. It was a it was a series on HBO where she played the vice president, and just kind of a a hapless vice president surrounded by a staff that wasn't much better, and um, and it was a pretty good series. My friend Tevi, who's served in a lot of administrations, said he said he said it was much more accurate than the West Wing. You remember the West Wing? <laughs> Everyone loved the West Wing. About He said Veep was far more accurate than the West Wing. <laughs> this really is how they act over there. But Mike uh, found this thing. I, I just I couldn't help but put... Someone had put together the fictional vice president played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus with audio of Kamala Harris. And it's almost as if her speechwriters were cribbing from the scripts... From Veep, it's really quite... Enjoy this. My fellow Americans, words have many meanings, and sometimes instead of conveying our meaning, they can suggest other meanings. When we talk about the children of the community, they are a children of the community. Well, we are the United States of America because we are united. 
and we are states. I'm talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time. Whatever we have in store cannot be known. The past was once the future. The future is, I should say, unknown. We gotta take this stuff seriously, as seriously as you are, because you have been forced to have to take it seriously. Obesity is a serious disease, and it needs to be taken seriously. You need to get to go, and need to be able to get where you need to go to do the work and get home. I hope that clarifies the issue, and this can be the last word on those words. Certain issues are just settled. Clearly we're not. No, that's right, and that's why I do believe that we are living sadly in um, real unsettled times <laughs> how do you like that it's really and then she just she did she did another one today she did another one today uh, this was just today this was Kamala Harris and I again want to thank the secretary for your work uh, this issue of transportation is fundamentally about just making sure that people have the ability to get where they need to go did you know that that's what transportation was She's actually reading that in a speech. I think she should uh, consult with Secretary Buttigieg on that one. I think that she was referencing him. But, yeah, can we get to where we need to go? Is everything going well? Anyone try to get on an airplane recently? Are things going well under the Secretary of Transportation's uh, aegis? The issue of transportation is fundamentally about just making sure that people have the ability to get where they need to go. What else could it have possibly been about transportation? I don't know. But at least we have her to help us out with that. There, um, there, are, um, incre- there is increasing talk about Joe Biden not running for president in, um, in 2024. And of course, as, as many of you know who re- listen regularly, I've I've talked about I don't know how that mechanism works if the plan is to run Gavin Newsom. I just don't know how you hop over Kamala Harris. I think it's a very difficult thing for the Democrats to do, having elevated her not only to the catbird seat for the presidency, but as such a uh, model and role model for not only young African-Americans, but young women as well. Um, Can you imagine the the teeth of the Democratic Party you would be smashing to jump over her to run to a white male also from California? Can you imagine? Now, that's one half the equation. The other half of the equation is that don't put anything beyond the Democrats. They'll do what they need to do. You know, they will ruthlessly do whatever it is that they need to do to win. But, you know, sometimes the party leadership and those who would vote for the Democratic Party aren't reading the same memos. Just because they figure out a way to make that nomination somewhat seamless, perhaps, somewhat um, somewhat palatable to get you to the general election, it doesn't mean that those tough constituencies, tough meaning you know, uh, hardened constituencies, hardened toward the Democratic Party as, as, as the women's vote and the African-American vote are, doesn't mean that they're on that same page come election day. You know, they they don't have to vote. They don't have to vote for that office. They could take their resentments out um, 
And if Donald Trump is the nominee, I don't, I don't know if he will be, but he looks like he is on his way to being the nominee. But if he is, it's not as if he's a Republican that does uniquely poorly with the African-American community. He's improved numbers in the Republican Party with it. So, you know, this, this, this has got to be one of the most interesting conundrums the Democratic Party has been in for as much as people talk about the problems of the Republican Party. They, they, they cannot run Joe Biden. They know this and you know this. It cannot be done. Have you seen him in Europe? Have you seen him? Have you seen him in Europe, David? It's, it's I was talking about enfeebled as the look. It was sleepwalking. Enfeebled was too nice. It was sleepwalking through the Royal Palace's guard, through a signing ceremony, asking what he was supposed to sign. His aide said, your signature. Yeah. I mean, this guy cannot run again. So let them talk about the problems in our party. I would rather ours than theirs. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Bank failures, possible recession, inflation, stock market volatility. Where do you go to invest, you ask? Why Refi has a great answer. They have a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. It's a portfolio where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose, with no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. There are no fees in this secure collateralized portfolio. It delivers a high fixed interest rate. And why refi is local. I encourage you to stop by their offices on Scottsdale Road in the 101. I've been there. You won't get a sales pitch. No one's going to ask you to sign anything. When you meet with the team at why refi, you'll see why I like and trust them so much, and you can too. Why refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return. That's right, a 10.25% fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-YREFI-34. Yes, young David, you wanted to weigh in. I was just going to say, I think there's a lot of uh, historical precedents. I'll give you two examples of vice presidents, one that has and one that did not get the uh, nomination. First of all, Hubert Humphrey, whom we talked about earlier this week, but also Albin Barkley. Albin Barkley, I think, is a great (laughs) example of somebody who was in the White House at the time and wanted the top job, but the political bosses didn't give it to him. Alvin Barkley, that's a far reach. Good that's for a you. far reach that's, as far back that's as good. 1948. That's, yeah, no, that's good. So it's good, Harry though. Truman yeah. can't get past right. the New Hampshire primary right. in early 52. Right. Alvin Barkley wants the job. He throws his hat in the ring. Now, yeah. this is somebody who was like uh, a latter-day LBJ. Right. He had the political machinations in the Senate. Right. He was from Kentucky, I believe. Right. He, you know, a very you know, legislative-minded person. He wants the job, but in an era when it's the political boss's choices and they have many fewer primaries than we do today. Right. And I, I think the precedent still holds today when the Democratic Party has the, the superdelegates. Yeah, I was just – yeah, that's uh, right. There is that to issue any. too, the superdelegates. And I would be mm-hmm. interested to see the percentage of superdelegates that are from California, whose delegation I'm sure would be pretty well controlled by Gavin Newsom. Well, who, well it's a tough question because this is why – I don't know. This is why um, Dianne Feinstein is still in her seat because of a of a dispute between Gavin Newsom and the other parts of the Democratic Party. I think he has 
one idea for who he would pick to replace her. Mm-hmm. And other parts of the Democratic Party have another idea. They want Adam Schiff. He wants someone else. He doesn't. He and Adam Schiff don't get along. I think. I think California might be more riven than we think within. So it'll be a palace party. revolt. Huh? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know how they do it. I think it's going to be. I think they've got problems. I think they've got problems. We'll be right back. Wasn't Alvin Barkley ancient? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 